0: And what a song we have to sing of the amazing grace God has given to every single one of us. You know, he gives us that message of his amazing grace, not to keep here in this building, but to go out into the world and to share it with others. The picture you have here on the screens is of the mission team we will be sending out in just two weeks from now to go to the country of Guatemala and to share with the people there the message that God has given to every one of us and to them. The message of a son who came to die and to rise again to save us from our sin. And so this week uh, we have this small uh, piece of a prayer cloth here that our team brought back from last time we went to Guatemala. And we're going to place this upon the altar today and leave it up here for the next uh, few weeks while we have that team off in Guatemala to give all of us the reminder of the work that they are doing there and the work that you and I are called to do here and to take time out of our week to be able to pray for that team and to be able to pray for the people of Guatemala and so we'll start with that this morning. Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, as we come to you now and bask in your amazing grace, uh, Lord, we ask that you will be over uh, the team that we will commission next week that will be sent out in just a short time from now uh, to be able to go out to the people of Guatemala and to be able to share the story that you have given to us. Lord, we know that many of us have been called to uh, go to other countries, but that all of us have been called to be missionaries here at home. And so please invoke within all of us, the power that your spirit gives uh, to be able to be bold and to be able to state uh, the name that is above all names, uh, the name that we are all called to confess, the name that gives us forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So after church today, if you decided to get in your car and get on the 101 North and head up toward about Scottsdale Road and exit Scottsdale and take a left... And head down Scottsdale, just a little bit south there. On your left hand side, you would see a big building that's there. It's a building that's called the Container Store. Anybody ever been there before, the Container Store? I see a lot of ladies nodding here. It's stuff you gotta get for your husbands, right? All these different containers that are there. There are so many. They have containers for your bathroom, they have containers for your closet, they have containers for your kitchen, they have containers for your containers. You name it, they have it. And I was doing a little uh, research on my uh, computer this week and saw on their website that they had one container that kind of stood out to me, and uh, they have a lot of them, baskets. They have 153 different types of baskets. And I thought to myself, what could you do with so many different baskets? That sounds like a lot. So I did a little bit of research and wanted to share a few of those with you today. The first idea I found was using baskets to be able to store firewood. You can just keep it off to the side of your fireplace. It looks a little nice, something to kind of keep it stored there in some type of containers. There's one basket. I saw a basket used to kind of decorate a plant. You know, instead of just having a generic pot there or having to buy a different pot and repot the plant, just putting it in some type of a decorative basket. The third one that I saw was for children, of uh, being able to take maybe some of the children's toys, their stuffed animals, put it inside some type of a basket, keep it a little bit organized. Uh, fourth one was really simple, a remote control storage for your TV remotes. Ladies, what an easy gift for Father's Day. You're welcome. The next one that I saw was for uh, the whole family. Stefan. Uh, I would recommend this one for you. All those different kids, you just line them up, put the names on the baskets, everybody's stuff goes in there. And that way they each have their own cubby. But the one that I liked the most was the the final one that I found. And it's called a story basket. i had never seen this before. Let me explain it to you briefly this morning. A story basket is where you take some type of a basket, take elements that are mentioned in a story, and you place them in that basket... For a child to be able to act out as the mother or father or grandparent reads them the story. And that way it embeds the story within them. For example, if you were going to have the three little pigs, uh, you would have maybe some small pieces of hay, small pieces of uh, stick, maybe some Legos to represent bricks. Obviously maybe three little pigs in there, maybe a stuffed wolf. And then the child would tell the story along with you, acting it out As mom or dad or anybody else shares this story. And I thought to myself, what a great use, not just for fairy tales, not just for fiction, but in particular for you and I to be able to share stories with children that come from Scripture. And I really liked it because I saw a lot of different uses for baskets today. If you heard that within our text, every one of our texts today mentions a basket. We hear about Saul being loaded up in a basket and dropped down for the people to be able to have him escape. We hear about Jesus and the feeding of the 4,000 and putting the loaves and the fish inside of the baskets to be able to share with everybody. We hear the story of Moses and being able to put the baby Moses inside of this basket as he goes down the river. And so we look at those different stories today and we think, how can we share those with people around us? Because God has given every single one of us here today our own story basket. And so what does that look like? Because it's an interesting text that we have to wade through today. The story of somebody, Saul, who was a persecutor of Christians and becomes the most or you know, biggest proclaimer of Christ we've ever seen. How does that change happen in somebody? What would that look like well, we hear that message in our text for today remember Saul becomes Paul the one who tells us that God gives us his word to make you and I wise to his plan of salvation so that we can have that story within our basket and be able to know the message our Lord has given to us to be able to take out unto all people imagine what that must have looked like in his life You know, if we look back, we see that Saul is mentioned quite a few times in the book of Acts. In chapter 7, we're told that Saul is there as a witness for the stoning of Stephen. In chapter 8, it begins with the words sharing that Saul not only is a witness to this killing of Stephen, but that he approves of it. And then in chapter 9, we begin with these words today. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As we go through the book of Acts, Saul's bloodthirstiness for these Christians seems to progress more and more. He hates them, even to the point of wanting to not only imprison them, but also to kill them. As we follow him along this journey, we see that something happens in his life. Or should we say that someone happens in his life? You remember the story. As he's on his road to Damascus on his horse, all of a sudden there's this bright light that shines from heaven all around him. He's knocked off his horse and he hears... A voice questioning him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's the risen Lord calling upon him. It's a major turning point in his life as we see Saul go on to become this disciple and this mouthpiece for this Lord. He's this chosen instrument of being able to go out to the people who are the non-Jews, unto the Gentiles. Why would God choose this individual? a persecutor of Christians, to be the one who's going to take out the message unto all people. We see a message of a Lord who comes again for all men, for all women, not just for a certain few. It's an amazing story of this transformation. Saul himself is baptized, and as soon as he gains his strength, he begins to go out. And that's where our scripture for today picks up at verse 20. It says, at once he began to preach in the synagogue that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Look at the response that the Holy Spirit stokes within Saul. It says, At once, the author of Acts writes for us, At once, immediately, this persecutor of Christians, the one who is breathing murderous threats against the disciples, the followers of Jesus, is now preaching that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Savior of all men. Amazing. Amazing. I begin most of my weekday mornings just by uh, reading different breaking news articles on my phone uh, real quick. Take about 10 minutes a day to be able to do that. It's amazing uh, how many different ads I have embedded in those little tiny articles on my phone. When I used to read an article, there used to be an ad at the top of the page, and then there was an ad at the top and the bottom of the article. And now there are ads at the top, at the bottom, and all throughout the article that I need to skip through to be able to read some type of a free news story that's on my phone. I can't believe all the different ads. Some of the ones that I see pop up a lot are these uh, personal testimonies that somebody is sharing their story of something that worked really well for them or something that changed their life. You've seen them before. In particular, I've noticed that they pop up a lot with uh, diet ads. Uh, I brought an example of one today. You've seen it before. The before and the after picture. Kelly lost 55 pounds. Get real results. And you look at the ad and you think to yourself, man, what a change in somebody's life. Get real results. How do I get that? And then you see those three little words. Results not typical. Results are not typical. And then maybe we feel a little bit let down. You see within this story that we're looking at today, people maybe thought that the results were not typical in our story the people are described as being astonished when they see what happens with Saul his before picture and his after picture are so different and it happens in such a small amount of time that you hear them saying those phrases isn't this the man who raised havoc isn't this the man who has come to take followers of Jesus prisoners are these results typical They're not typical within our world, but these results are typical when you look at what Christ does in the life of his people. How he changes us, how he forgives us, what he turns us into as followers of this way. It's a major shift within our life. And so what does your current picture look like? Because just as we See that Christ has an effect on our lives. We know that living in this world, there are many things that are embedded into every one of our stories that pop up from day to day. That we see these different ads, if you will, or temptations out in the world that tell us you can be like this or you should be like that. You should do this or you should buy that. That's what's going to change you. That's what's going to make you happy. This will make you feel better. And often we get pulled into those things, pulled into those temptations, pulled away from God what we're going through because we become distracted by sin. That's what happens on that ad on your phone. That's what happens on the ads that pop up in our daily lives. It may sound strange, but in our text, Saul probably thinks he's doing what is right. He probably thinks that going after Christians is what his life's mission is all about. That that's what he is called to be able to do. But he doesn't know about the compassion of Christ. He hasn't heard about the one who has come to die for him. He doesn't know and hasn't experienced who Jesus is until this moment on the road to Damascus. There's people all around us, maybe even some of us here today that feel that exact same way. Maybe we deny Christ or hear that message to deny Christ because they haven't experienced who he is. But the results just are very, very untypical sometimes we see in our world of somebody who does follow, somebody who doesn't follow, and what that looks like from a before picture to an after picture. And so back to us here today, what does our after picture look like? We confess Jesus to be our Savior, and so... What do people see in us? Not who we are, but who he is. How do they know who their savior is through the words and through the actions that we are confessing every single day? Are people looking at us and are they astonished? Maybe in our text, like it says today, that the people are baffled when they see Saul. He's so different. Why? Because he's proving Jesus to be the Messiah. Even the people that are there know that there's no way that this man made this change on his own. There's no way he went from this persecutor to this proclaimer by himself in such a short amount of time. They only know that it happened because of Christ. He's proving, it says in the text, to these people that that is what happened. They know that this is the truth. And it seems to scare many people. Because now Saul is that living, walking Billboard, that ad for the Lord, being able to show that these results happen with Him because of His death, because of His resurrection, because of His forgiveness. Your story contains this exact same truth as Saul's story of a God who comes to save all of us sinners. The early church and their confessions were hated by many. And why not the same for us here today? It's the same message in the same world. Nothing has changed. The same message in the exact same world. Look how the people respond to Saul in verse 23. It says, after many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. The people are not just upset with Saul and who he is. They're upset with what he's proclaiming. The message that's going out. That they're proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So they want to kill him. This isn't the only warning that we even receive in scripture. Remember Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 10 When he tells us that you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. The men in our text hate Saul so much because of Christ they want to kill him. That's the same scenario that some people do face within our world. You and I here today maybe don't always face death but we face other persecutions as well. We face the fact that people may look at us differently when we proclaim who Christ is through our words and our actions. We face that we may be shamed at times when we proclaim the truth that is in God's word. Maybe we'll become ignored at times. But either way, we see that Saul comes out of this still under God's plan of action to be able to go forth. That his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ come around him, that they lower him, In this basket through an opening in the wall. You know, it would be interesting to go down all of us today to the container store and have all of us pick out our own basket to be able to tell this story of Saul to somebody else. What would you put in your basket? Maybe we would go down there and pick out a basket and we would put small pieces of paper with writing. On them, and that way those small pieces of paper could represent the letters Saul was putting together to be able to get the authority to go after other Christians and to be able to kill them. Maybe we would put a small cross inside this basket to be able to explain the time that Jesus was there and explain that Saul was actually persecuting Jesus himself. Maybe we put a small rock inside of that basket and that would represent when we told people about how this man was there to stone Stephen and to witness that and to approve that maybe that would tell the story of Saul to people around us what would it look like if we took Christ with us to the container store and had him pick out a basket for Saul maybe he too would put in a small piece of paper with writing on it just like you and I did But maybe that small piece of paper with writing would not represent the letters that he went to go get so he could kill and persecute Christians, but maybe it would represent the letters that he writes for us in the New Testament. All the letters he writes to so many different churches proclaiming who Jesus is, both for them and for us. Maybe Jesus would place a cross inside his basket, but not to show how he persecuted Christ, but to show how Christ himself came for Saul, how he died for him and for his sins. Maybe Jesus would put a small rock inside of his basket, but instead of being able to use that as the time that he was there witnessing that stoning of Stephen, it would be there to represent the time that Christ rolled that stone away so he could come out of the tomb for him and for you, and for me. What does your story basket look like? Sometimes in our eyes, it may be very different than the way Christ actually proclaims it for us. Of how he has come to give us grace. Of how he has come to give us mercy. Of how he has come to rise from the grave. Not so that people can see who we are, but so that they can know exactly what he has done. You have that story. Take it out today as missionaries for him into the world. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity uh, even to gather here freely today in your name. We ask, Lord, that each one of these messages and stories will be placed upon our hearts, that we will know their truth and that we will boldly be able to proclaim them through your spirit unto the world. Lord, continue to ignite a fire with us here at Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church and school as we are able to go out with that mission of leading people to follow Jesus. All these things we lift in his name. Amen.